0: Welcome to another episode of The Company of One. This is Dale Callahan, your host. Today we're talking about your six week plan for starting at Side Hustle. Yes, that side hustle we've been talking about for weeks and how do you actually get started? What do you do week to week to week? Man, this is something I have uh, I see all the time. As people come to me and they're struggling to start up and they're telling me the various things that they're doing, you can sense, in the words that they're saying, they're confused. They have a clear vision, kind of, of where they're going, but they don't really know what to do day to day to get the thing off you know, off the planning sheet, into reality, and just get started. So this is what we're going to talk about today, again, coming from multiple questions that we get. Uh, you know, they come in different forms, these questions. Sometimes the question is not a question. Which, by the way, when you talk to your customers, sometimes the questions are not direct questions. It's wonderful if they are. But if they're not direct questions, you have to read between the lines. What do they really need? What do they want? What are they struggling with? But before I get started, I want to do something I'm trying to do more often. And that's a shout-out from iTunes. So I'm, if, you, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, if you're finding it helpful... I just love it if you could go over to pod, to uh, iTunes. Uh, there's a link in the show notes at dalecallahan.com 141 uh, and you will find a link to go to iTunes and send a review. it's a little bit of a pain I but uh, so I, I definitely appreciate it. The iTunes sending a review is just not as easy as it is on Amazon but go over there it's not that hard it's just a couple of more clicks. Uh, so here's Rodney Phillips writes, uh, highly recommend. Dell never fails to give straightforward, well thought out advice on improving yourself as an entrepreneur or want to be an entrepreneur. Dell gives a wealth of knowledge and seems to have a sincere desire to help his fellow man and woman. Thanks. And you know I do. Thank you so much, Rodney, for uh, for your shout, your shout out. This is the kind of thing I live for because you're doing podcasts and you're doing I do some amount of video. It's great when I get in front of live audiences and you get immediate feedback and you can see from the eyes whether it's clicking or whether it's not. When you're podcasting, I'm talking to you directly, but. There's not a great feedback channel, right? You can't say, yeah, oh, yeah, I agree with you, Dale, or no, no, I, I'm, you lost me. So it's great to hear feedback. And by the way, if I am losing you or if there's something that's not covered, just shoot me an email. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Just, It's just simple, dale at dalekellahan.com. I'd love to hear what you have to say, your thoughts, uh, things that you're struggling with that you may need to uh, get addressed as something that we can do research. And by the way, this is all the things that I tell you here is not just because it's not things that's in between my ears, you know, that I'm doing research. I'm doing research for you. We, before we go through these shows, I mean, there's common sense advice of how do we unpack this from our own experiences? But then we look at what do other people say, what do other, in this case, since we're talking about startups, what do entrepreneurs have to say? And I'm going to oftentimes link to what these other articles say, because what you're looking for is simplicity and collective wisdom. But oftentimes when you're starting out doing something or you're on a job search, but you're trying to improve that personal impact, your company of one, trying to get better better, uh, prepared to make more money, do the things that come with making more money. It's hard sometimes to figure out what advice to listen to and who to listen to and what do you search on. When I'm finding myself searching on things I don't really know anything about, I don't know the questions to ask. Oh, Google, sure, it helps me and the search engines can help but sometimes they lead me to the marketing stuff, people trying to sell me something, right? Which is good, sometimes that's informative, but it doesn't necessarily lead me to the best information all the time. So that's why we do the research, that's why we're here to try to help you dig out what will make sense. So let's just jump right in. Uh, So this is a six week plan for starting a side hustle. And what I tried to do was you're starting you want to do something. You you don't have a you're not you have a um, side hustle, meaning you probably have a full time job, maybe not, but you probably have a full time job. Let's think about what it is you need to do week by week. Now, don't get too caught up in the weeks. Pat Flynn has a book called Will It Fly, highly recommend that walks you through some of this same kind of thinking. Uh, but a lot of times. In listening to this kind of feedback, people get caught up in the steps, and they really feel like they got to take, okay, week one, I feel like I'm done with week one, but I haven't done enough. No, these are steps. If you move faster, great. If you move slower because you only have a 15 minutes a day, that's fine too. But just think about these are kind of logical steps to flow through to get you off you know just off the starting gate just to get started because the whole point of a side hustle is to make money to not continue to think about it but to make money from it so number one week number one define your idea now what i mean by that is many of us have multiple ideas and we've got all these crazy things that we're thinking about doing but you need to just write it down in plain English. I'm not talking about a glitzy marketing campaign. Have you ever noticed a lot of times the marketing ideas you come off with they sound really cool but you don't know what's being sold? Have you ever watched a TV commercial and it's entertaining or it catches your eye and it goes off and you're like what were they selling? No matter how effective it was at catching your attention It was a poor commercial because if if you don't know what they were selling and how they can help you, what's the point? So what you want to do here is just get plain English. We're not talking about marketing. We're not talking about advertising. We're talking about talking to you, that thing between your ears. Define your idea. That means get out a sheet of paper and answer these questions. What will you do? I'm going to go back to lawn care. I am going to mow people's grass. I'm going to make their yards look better by mowing their grass and doing weed eating, right? Maybe I'm going to do the weekly maintenance. Whatever you want to call that, be real clear what I'm doing is lawn care services. That's what I will do. Who will you serve? Now, I like to think about the who will you serve Is can I get a list of names and put them down in um, what you might call a, a, what well, just a notebook. Well, if I could just think about who's all the names. Now it's impractical, right? Because hopefully your customer base is bigger than that. But for instance, if you are doing the lawn care services and you're thinking about there's three to four major neighborhoods that are right near me, all of them have decent lawns that, that, that need to be taken care of, that their income level is enough that they could pay for this kind of service. You could practically speaking look up all the names of those customers and make a list of them okay that doesn't always make sense but how can you define in the best way you can people who will pay for your service lawn care I might say they're obviously people with homes with yards that want to keep their yard looking halfway decent and they have the money to pay. Now, what does that mean? Middle class, upper middle class? I got no idea what that means. That it's going to depend on your services, right? If I want to do hair care, you know, I'm doing a, uh, opening a shop to who, hair care. Here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to do, uh, and, and forgive me, I've actually helped some people start this. And I remember they were telling, they were calling it sets, you know, where they do things to their hair. I'm showing my lack of knowledge, right? But they were calling it sets and, and expensive, right? This was $100, $150 item, at least it sounds expensive to me. Some of you ladies out there may think that's cheap. I have no idea. But what they're going to do is provide hair care, cosmetic type services. or uh, And who will you serve? Again, you're probably in this case looking for women, certain income level, Maybe even a certain area of town because people are only really going to drive so far to do that. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, how do you think who these people are? What, so what you're really just trying to do is get real clear on I'm not advertising to everybody. Uh, lawn care, I'm not trying to attract attention of people in apartment complexes. And in hair care, I'm only trying to attract certain types of clients. Maybe I only want the people who are getting married. I don't know, but you get the idea. What will you do? Who will you serve? I probably should not use the hair care industry because I don't really know much about what these you know what women go in and pay for. How will you get paid? Now that's not I won't get paid by cash, but will you get paid for mowing their lawn, such as? I'm going to mow a lawn and it's going to be, I have certain price ideas, it's going to be $25 for this, $100 for this based upon the size and the complexity of the lawn, right? How will you get paid? Are you going to send them a bill and they're going to pay in 30 days or are they going to pay you at the time of service, which is probably what a cosmetology type thing would be. They pay you at the time of service or a dental clinic or something. So just think about what is it, or what are you going to do. If you're doing some kind of consulting activity, it can even be more complicated. Uh, I'm going to get paid in stages based upon delivering different pieces of the job. But just think through. Again, we're not trying to overly complicate this. Just think about what will you do, who will you serve, and use plain English. I cannot tell you the number of times I've sat on venture capital or angel capital panels where somebody's presenting an idea and they've given the complexity of the technology, right? They're, they're talking about how wonderful it is. And the investors were always asking, what do you do and how do you get paid? I mean, it's the simple questions that shockingly People oftentimes do not have a clear answer to that. I have seen people fumble around trying to answer this question after giving a 15 to 20 minute venture capital presentation about how great their company was. And we're all just sitting there scratching our head, like, well, that sounds like really cool technology. It's kind of exciting, but you're not getting our attention in terms of an investing group, you're not getting anybody's attention until you make it clear how we are going to make money by investing in you and that's you got to get paid right so just think through that week one is defining your idea get really clear on what it is for many of you this is going to be simple this is not a week-long activity this is a 15-minute activity that's cool but some of you just need to think about it think very clearly I always say this is the grandma test. If you're having to tell your grandmother what you do and it's too hard to explain, you don't have your idea defined enough. All right, so week number two you want to start, test your idea, and get feedback. What this means is you're actually going to provide the service. Test your ideas. This is This is true, especially if you have more than one, if you are kind of doing this thing where I can't commit, I can't commit to which idea I like, you're going to test maybe two or three of them. That's okay. Define the two ideas. Go out and test the two ideas. There's no commitment. Uh, Don't get bogged down in details unless it's a high risk of business. In other words, don't get bogged down in the legal details, LLC, on corporation, all that kind of garbage. Unless you meet the test for high risk or wealth. I'll put a link to that episode where we talk about that. If you don't, if this is not a high risk venture or you have significant wealth, don't get bogged down. In other words, you're just testing. Uh, If you do need an LLC or some other structure, then what you want to do is try to get one that will capture any of your ideas. For instance... If I feel like because of my wealth or the risk I'm going to do, let's say I'm going to do a lawn care, I have a certain amount of wealth, and there is a certain amount of risk, right? Because I'm using machinery that could hurt somebody, could damage somebody's property, uh, I'm going to get an LLC or some kind of legal structure. I'm not going to make that decision without an attorney, but I'll just say, here's what I'm going to do. Again, the question I always use to attorney is, here's what I'm going to do, tell me why I'm stupid. You know, so I'm going to get some structure, but instead of calling it Callahan Lawn Care, I'm probably going to say, How can I? Here's the things I might want to do. I would like to call it Callahan Enterprises. And maybe that's my corporate structure, but I'm going to be doing business as Callahan Lawn Care. That's cool. So so if you fall into that high enough wealth high enough risk category that I'll send a link to or uh, put a link in the show notes at delcalahan.com 141 there's going to be a link to how to decide whether you need this legal structure or not um, if I do I'm going to try to generalize it the best I can you see that all the time people that are doing you know plumbing but they call it you know John Smith Enterprises instead of John Smith Plumbing all right, so now what we want to do, though, we are testing the idea. I want to just get some easy customers. Think about the people who you've helped before. Think about maybe friends, maybe family, where you can just go do some work for them. It gives you the test. I'm going to take my mower. I'm going to move it from my yard into somebody else's yard to go get the hassle of getting it there, doing their yard, dealing with their pets, all the things that go along with the business, Right. So whatever it is, you're providing the service for somebody else. So to find some easy customers, they're probably what we call friendly customers or people that uh, can't, you know, are, are forgiving maybe a little bit. Doesn't have to be. They can be, you know, anybody. But start with a simple offering. Hey, I'm just I'm trying to get into the lawn care business doing some we're doing some lawns. I'm offering a special deal to get started, and and we're 50% off, whatever you think, and get some customers, get some money rolling in as fast as possible. This is so critical, and this is why this is on week two, is just go do the work and make some money. So many startup business ventures spend tons of time planning. Now, if you have a massive amount of capital invested and you have a massively complex operation. By the way, that's not a startup. That's a corporate entity. But if that's the case, then you can spend a long time planning. But that's also a spinoff typically from a larger company. What we're talking about is just go find the customers and serve them. Do the work. Get paid. Don't overcomplicate it. As you get paid, you want to Always ask for feedback. Ask for that direct feedback. Call the customers back after you do the work for them. If it's something kind of service, if you've delivered a product, you know, survey them. Try to actually get them on the phone and just say, hey, look, we're starting. We want some honest, direct feedback. What do you think? What's the good and the bad and the ugly? You know, ask what they think. Ask what they would like different and listen don't defend your product or services. Listen, listen, and listen. Because the words they use are really powerful. If you can, just write down everything they say. If they will let you even record them. Ask for an audio or video feedback. That's a little awkward for some people, but what you're trying to do is get Every single word they say, you're trying to capture their emotional impact by the product and service you delivered, the price you delivered it for, and you're also listening for what they didn't get that they wanted. What did they expect? And they're not going to probably say it that directly, but you're trying to read between the lines as much as you can. So listen carefully. Again, this is not a point to defend your product or your pricing. This is a point to listen for feedback. And you want to do this as often as you can. So all of your customers, all the time you want to be doing this. Because one customer shouldn't define your business, right? But customers overall, if you keep hearing the same message overall from different customers. Like you're doing lawn care and they say, you know, I was really hoping you would do some weed eating around this area. We really our lawn looks so wonderful after you came, I just wish somebody would do uh, clean up our flower beds too. And you keep hearing that message over and over and over and over again. That might tell you there's a service or a product that you can offer that you're not currently offering that could really change your financial impact of your business. Maybe it's not what you want to do, maybe you do, but at least you need to listen and pay attention to what that is. You might have an opportunity to partner with another business Uh, what we might even call an affiliate or a partnership, all these kind of arrangements that could go in and work with your customers. You bring them the business and therefore you get uh, some extra money off of that customer. So that's week two, testing and getting feedback. Week three is evaluating and adjusting. Now that you've done some products and services delivered, you've gotten paid, you want to evaluate. Now what I mean by that is after a few weeks, few jobs, few deliveries, how do you feel? Are you still excited about it? Do you think do you think it's still cool? Did something happen that made you squirm? Do you find dealing with the customers that you're dealing with is slimy? I mean, whatever, how do you feel? This is a gut check moment. It could be that you need to make some adjustments. It could be you need to adjust your offerings to be more in line with what the customers want. It could be you need some to adjust any processes of how do you get jobs, like if it's been clumsy because they call you in the middle of the day when you're working your day job, you know, and it's been awkward when you you, you find yourself in a, at a clumsy point, you know, how do I how do I deal with this? Then you want to be clear and create clear processes about how do you get the jobs, and you want to. Also think about, are the customers I'm serving right now the kind of people I want to serve? Do I do I find that I just can't stand working for these people? And I'll give you a case in point. Uh, well, not a clear example because I'll mention company names, but there's some companies who have decided they don't like working for medical doctors and lawyers and PhDs. Now, this is true of venture capitalists too a lot of times because lawyers – Venture capitalists, PhDs, tend to be know-it-alls. <laughs> they tend to be know-it-alls, and they're hard to do business with, and especially business-to-business relationships can be challenging. Uh, so you have to be, you, you might realize that's the group of people I don't want to do business with because they're just a pain in the rear to do business with. Uh, so I want to do business with another group of people. So that's the kind of thing you're thinking. It may be I'm doing business with people who are, Um, nickel and diming diming me to death over small little issues. And so maybe I'm in the wrong income range of who I need to be serving. Either too high or too low for, for different reasons, right? So this is kind of an evaluate. We call it evaluate and adjust. right? So put this also on your calendar to periodically do this. Maybe it's every three months. But it's a great thing to do to stop every now and then and say, how is it looking? How is the business running? Do I like this? But once your business gets running, it's no longer do I want to quit. It's like, what adjustments do I want to make? In our homeschool business, for instance, where we provided homeschool uh, math and science curriculum, one of the things we've realized is that as we evaluated, we, we were getting lots of um Let's just call it what it is: whininess from parents, usually moms, over emails and things like that. Um, that the the complexity, how hard it was, uh, and we started realizing, you know, what's happening. And it's not that our product is necessarily needing adjusting, or it's not that the parents are wrong. It's that. We tend to be selling to a a more intense, what we would call a college engineering, STEM, science, technology, engineering, math. We're selling that kind of prep material. If somebody who buys it doesn't doesn't care, they're just trying to get high school math credit, it's the wrong customer for us. And so we spend more time with them trying to handhold them uh, about why is this so hard because they're convinced it's already hard because they already hate math and you know that whole thinking and i'm not judging them i'm just re- you know we recognize we're marketing our product the wrong way so we've made some adjustments over time to try to do that and we're still making adjustments right to make that more clear that we are not for everybody who's just trying to get high school math credit or science credit or prepare themselves for college we're we're preparing for specific things so You're always adjusting, you're always listening to customers, and you should be. Because that helps make your products and services better for the customers who really do love what you're doing. And it helps keep you out of the weeds by serving customers that really are better off going somewhere else. All right, so week four, market. Market, market, or we might say sell, sell, sell. Get a clear view of your ideal customer. I'm not going to go through the entire, co- what we call the customer avatar experience. I don't think it is that big of a deal, but think real clearly on week four. You've made some sales. You've thought about this. You've evaluated. Now what you want to do is paint a picture of your ideal customer. And, the, and what marketeers do is they try to Give the customer a name. They take all of the criteria of your ideal customer and say, well, this is John Smith. He's 34 years old, got two kids, uh, works as a software engineer, uh, lives in this, drives this SUV. They try to get this real clear picture about what their average typical customer is. Now, there's dangers with it, too, because you sometimes compress out um Real customers because you get too na- narrow in your thinking, but it helps you just to think about who are they, what do they think about, what do they worry about. If I, I the the company I always like to use is Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. understands that their target market market is women. Uh, I think they're nineteen to thirty five, upper middle class, active, high moral values. So they're not marketing to me, right? But they, they understand that I'm bringing mama in, right? I'm bringing the mini, minivan mama in, the soccer mom, if you will. And when I bring that, I bring the entire family with them. Because where mama goes, everybody goes, right? It's a restaurant mama can trust and get in and out very quickly. You get the idea. But it helped. They probably didn't have that defined on day one. They probably didn't have that divined on year one, actually. It took them some time to get there. And it will you too, but you want to just start thinking, who are these customers? How do I get in front of them? If I'm putting a flyer on their front door, okay, it's a zip code issue. It's a neighborhood issue. If I know what I'm looking for is women who are active, physically fitness, maybe they're into uh, certain things like CrossFit, or certain physical activities. Uh, they may have characteristics of the kind of products they buy because of that. I can get on Facebook and target market those kinds of people because I can go, everybody who's interested in CrossFit, send advertisements to them. And I can say women, age groups, living in what countries, those kind of things. So it helps me create offerings. So that's what we want to do. Once we get clear, I'm going to create offerings with this ideal customer in mind. Again, don't get too bogged down here. Get the best you can get and move on. Because this is an activity that you could hire marketing firms to do, and they would still get it wrong, right? You're going to get some of it wrong, but it helps you narrow your focus a little bit about what you're doing. Here you want to just market, deliver, serve. Market, deliver, serve market, deliver, serve, the whole time adjusting. Adjusting what you're dealing with, adjusting how you serve your customer. And let me just tell you, marketing is the key to your startup. Marketing is the key to your side hustle. Your products and services are secondary. I don't mean they're not important, but marketing is where the money flows. You got that? If you hate to market, then you want to find a solution to that hating to market where you can market. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Creating week five, creating a cash plan. By this time you should have some cash rolling in. It may be a lot, it may be a little, it doesn't matter. You want to start deciding what to do with the cash. What most startups do is they put it in their pocket. They put it in their pocket book. They go off and they spend it. It's just income. It makes their life a little easier during the week don't do that you want to have a plan for the money you want to treat the business as a totally separate entity from your life from your daily food budget and gas but you know gas money and the things that you do going out with the friends if you move money from your business to your personal because you're going to go out and throw a party with your friends be intentional about it don't just say oh I got this extra money in my pocket Be intentional about moving money out of the business account. So what you want to do is you want to uh, have a plan. And in episode number 118, delCallahan.com slash 118, I'll put a link to the show notes, is is about how much should I pay myself. But it deals with other things. How much should you pay yourself as well as uh, what should you do with the money in general? And here's where you want to create also proper bank accounts. You just want to get business looking right on week five or whatever time period this is for you. The fifth step, you just want to get clear. Hopefully by now you've got customers coming in. You know how to market. You know what you're doing. You want to get clear about how you're going to handle the money. And episode number 118, which uh, refers you back to a book called Profit First. Great book. Great book. We won't go into it now. In the episode, we talk about that and his process. Week number six. This is the final week of the process is now I want to create, or it's the final week of the startup system. I want to now create simple processes. All right, I talked about just a minute ago having plans for things, um, creating simple and repeatable processes, such as how do I do marketing? Because it's a continual process. It's not a one time thing. How do I do marketing? Uh, step one, step two, step three, step four. If I'm doing Facebook ads, you know, there's four or five different steps you have. I use a tool called Asana. A lot of different people. I'll put a link in the show notes to it. Asana, A S A N A. It's a simple, free, you can use it for free, a tool to project manage, and you can create repeatable processes. This podcast. I use Asana to help us do the podcast because there's all kinds of things. There's writing up the stuff, writing up the show notes, first of all, then we go over to WordPress and create a post, give it a title. Then we create the audio file, which we're doing right now, then we post the audio file over there, then we move the audio file to WordPress, we schedule it, we have editors doing it. There's a couple other steps in there you don't care about, right? But there's like a 12-step process that we repeat every single time we do a podcast. Not rocket science. Not overly complicated, it's just reminders. Here's the steps, here's the steps, here's the steps. So you're going to do the same thing. How do you do marketing? What's the steps? How do you take orders and deliver the product and services? That sounds stupidly simple, but it's not. When you get into the business, it gets complicated, or at least confusing, and you want to be repeatable. You look like a better business when you do the same thing every time. Doing the books. Monthly. Most companies are going to do their books at least monthly. They're going to look how much they made last month. You might do different, you might do it weekly, but what's your process? Handling the cash. We talked about that in week five. What is your step to handling the cash? Week five was creating a plan, but now what is the process to implement the plan? You, you're going to move money from bank account A to bank account B. And so, what one of the plans there is is at the end of the month you look how much you made and you split it up in these different ways some of it going back into your personal account to pay yourself and some of it going into um, what we call retained earnings but it's a bank account just for the company the company's making money the company's growing you want to document these processes uh, keeping an eye toward growth now And when you first start doing this, it will sound overly simplistic. Why are we doing this? But what you're thinking about is how do you scale your company? Because if you're successful, and that's the whole goal, right? But if you're successful, let's say you have a day job, and it gets to where the phone calls from the customers are getting to you at work. You need a process, and now I can hire Sally or or Sam or whoever on a part-time contract basis, to take those phone calls for me. And I've got the processes already written out, and if I'm using a tool like Asana, I can just go assign them to Sally. And now Sally, every time she gets a phone call, she does this. And then you and Sally can work together. But as you're documenting processes, you're looking towards growing the company. All startups start with little or poorly defined processes. That's just the nature of the beast. All startups who grow into something bigger start to define their processes. That's the nature of the beast. And that's where we sometimes call that moving toward bureaucracy. Yeah, that's what it is. Because as you hire people, or as you contract out pieces of the work, you have to create what you might call it bureaucracy, we'll call it processes or whatever. Without it, You don't have a company, you have chaos. So again, this is the six weeks. So real quickly, we're gonna define the, the idea in week one, test it and get feedback in week two. In week three, evaluate and adjust. Week four, market, market, market. Week five, create a plan to handle the cash. And week six, create simple processes. So I hope this gives you some things to think about. I hope if you are working toward this, uh, this is, by the way, this is not just Dell again. This is repeated in many different ways of what you need to do to get running. And as you grow your company, you're going to constantly be falling back into these same processes or these same weeks, They won't be weeks, they'll be months, they'll be years, whatever. But you'll be doing these same things over, you're going to constantly iterate and grow. And that's a good thing, right? That means there's money flowing, customers being served, and you're actually helping other people and making money doing it. Isn't that the cool thing? That's you operating as a company of one. Hopefully this is helpful to you. Love, love for you to uh, give us a shout out on iTunes. Again, there's a link in the show notes, delCallahan.com slash 141. We'll talk to you next week.